Would you like to cultivate more holistic rhythms in your home? Would you love it if your habits created space for your family to enjoy nature together or pursue goals that are important to you? Check out the peaceful loop. In 2024, we're going to be going through my new book, Habits for a Sacred Home. And each month we'll focus on different habits that help cultivate and strengthen the habits that you know are going to create a happier home rhythm and create more space for your family to pursue the goals that are important to you. The Peaceful Loop opens in January, so you can check out the link in our show notes and set yourself a reminder to join when we open again. This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, I'm so excited to be talking to Ashley Gad. She's the founder of Coffee and Crumbs. It's an encouraging podcast and website that brings hope to moms in every situation of life. And she's also the author of the book, Create Anyway, about creating in the margins of motherhood. I'm so looking forward to this conversation with her today, and I know you're going to be inspired as well. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm thrilled. Your words have been such an encouragement and the words of Mm -hmm. the contributors to Coffee and Crumbs. We just know that we're not alone in this beautiful journey of motherhood when we read those posts. So yeah, uh, what a work that you're doing. And, you know, you wrote Create Anyway about creativity in the margins. But I think sometimes moms get stuck thinking, how can I be creative while I'm trying to do laundry or get any sleep at all or cook Mm -hmm. meals like three times a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. How do you make space to be creative while managing all of this? Yeah. Well, the struggle is real. I have, I have dishes and laundry in my house too. (laughs) I have to do all of that as well. But I think, you know, there's something to be said for capturing the time that is available to you. And I think that for a lot of us, or maybe I'll just speak for myself personally, for a long time, I really believed that I had to have these giant blocks of uninterrupted time to fully harness my creative energy or to fully devote myself to the craft of writing or even my work as a photographer And while every once in a blue moon, an opportunity like that will arise, whether, you know, my husband has the day off and can watch the kids, or I just somehow get blessed with maybe a grandparent offering to step in and watch my kids for a a stretch of hours, more often than not, a lot of my creativity happens in little pockets of time that I am able to sort of steal throughout the day. And so... I love to just really encourage women to look at their real life, you know, the life that they are actually living and find what pockets of time might be available to them. What realistic expectations might they set around the area of creativity? And, you know, for some of us who maybe don't have a baby waking up all night, we might be able to get up a little bit earlier in the morning, or maybe you can swap some of that 
scrolling time on Instagram for pursuing some kind of creative endeavor. But I think for a lot of us, when we are able to really truly believe that our creativity is worth taking up space in our lives, that's when we're able to justify it. And so I love to kind of start even there as a foundation, you know, with sort of the mindset around it. Yeah, that's so good. I think it does take a switch. And as you're talking, I was thinking about the book, The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer, because she really talked about how even just the care of our homes is a form of creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, when Absolutely. we um, arrange our tables as, as with care and love or grow some flowers and then cut them and bring them in or even cut the greenery that grows in our neighborhood, whatever. There are so mm-hmm. many ways that just living in our homes mm-hmm can inspire creativity and is a form of creativity. And, you know, you mentioned also in here scrolling the internet. And I think that is one of the things it's funny because Instagram to me has really inspired a lot of creativity. Like my photography got so much better because of Instagram Mm -hmm. and I was inspired in my notebooking with my children in our homeschool because of Instagram, but it's also created a lot of pain, honestly, because mm-hmm. when I would be creating, I'm sometimes scrolling and seeing what other people are creating and then just feeling lame that I'm not creating more. How have you like how how have you also seen the internet squelch creativity and how can we fight that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a good question. And this is something that I've wrestled with for a really long time. I think that over the past maybe three to four years, I've really been honing my social media boundaries, which has been really helpful. You know, I have right now a really consistent rhythm of deleting the app, stepping away from the app. I'm actually not on Instagram more than I am on it at this point, just in terms of when I have the app on my phone and when I'm logged in and when I'm actually participating in that space. But I think, you know, part of this really does come down to being really in tune with our own hearts. You know, I think that I have friends who have a higher capacity for Instagram than I do. And for a long time, I I was almost... I don't want to say I was up on a high horse about it, maybe a little bit if I'm just being honest, but I had really, you know, come to terms with the fact that my mental health suffers when I'm on social media and my creativity suffers when I'm on social media. And so I've, I've learned to kind of accept that as the way that I react in that space. And I'm trying to understand that not everybody has the same reactions that I do and not everybody has the same capacity that I do. But I think getting really introspective and really honest with yourself about how you are affected when you are in spaces like that is such a good starting point because you're never going to be able to set a boundary or stick to a boundary if you don't have a solid why in front of it. And I really love to encourage women to take a full month away from Instagram to understand how it is affecting you. And for me, one of that was a really huge turning point for me was the first time I deleted the app for a whole month and just being really self-aware during that month of my feelings, both positive and negative, you know, being able to kind of journal through those and 
what am I noticing about myself? What am I noticing about the state of my mind, the state of my heart, the state of my soul? What am I noticing about how I'm spending my time this month without that distraction here? And I think a lot of people are really surprised because sometimes we don't, we're not even fully aware of how something is affecting us until we remove it from our lives. So I think that's a really good place to start. Wow. (laughs) So good. It's interesting because I'm reading a book called Boundaries for the Soul right now. Kim Miller Mm. is one of the authors and it's a lot about kind of your internal world and healing your internal world. And one of the big words that, that they use in this book and the other therapists use is notice. Mm -hmm. And I love how you didn't just delete the app because you felt something, but then while you didn't have it, you also took time to notice. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the big themes of this podcast is creating sacred homes about creating homes that help our families connect and help our communities restore. And I think noticing what isn't restorative and noticing what breaks connection Mm -hmm. is a big part of that pursuit. But also how is creativity part of creating a more sacred space for your soul and for your children to grow? Hmm. Yeah, I love that question. I, you know, in our house, we have a pretty big, we place a really high value on creativity. We place a high value on it because we believe we are all creative because we are made in the image of a creative God and practicing our creativity and using our creativity in the world is one way that we can be whole flourishing people. And so in our home, that looks like we tend to be extracurricular minimalists. (laughs) And I know people have a lot of feelings about this. People have a lot of feelings about, you know, busyness with kids and sports and extracurriculars. This is a conversation I've been having recently with a lot of different friends and just kind of getting different people's viewpoints and takes on really ultimately like what they value in, in their home. And something I've been learning kind of just even in recent years with my kids who are ages 11, 9, and 4 is that we really value having white space and downtime in our lives and in our home because it fosters a lot of time for creative endeavors and um, just general acts of creativity. So for us, that looks like My kids have, um, we recently during COVID, we moved all of the Legos into the garage. And so my children have, my husband kind of hacked together this big Lego table with some leftover scraps that we had from a home project. And so my kids, you know, they spent their entire summer in the garage building Lego City, which is all these little custom-made skyscrapers and little businesses and houses and all these little things that go in a city. My my kids spent hours and hours and hours and hours outside in the garage doing that over the summer. And, you know, we keep a, an art cart right next to the dining room table. My dining room table is pretty much a mess 365 days a year because it is covered in art supplies. It's covered. I mean, right now, the current view of my dining room table is just markers and printer paper and coloring books. And we just kind of always allow a lot of space and a lot of time for that. Um, You know, we really believe in boredom in our house and that is sacred to us because from boredom stems curiosity and wonder and imagination. And those are things we have a really high value of in our home. And so 
I think cultivating spaces where your family actually can be creative and can, you know, make art and do the things that they love to do and make the things that they love to make is part of it. But also a big part of it for us looks like keeping hours in our home where we we aren't rushing around and hustling to a million different activities, you know, time where we are just home for hours with nothing to do because more often than not, my kids will fill those hours with creativity if we offer it to them. I have so much admiration for you for creating that boundary. One of the big purposes of this show is to help families create their own rule of life Mm -hmm. in the, you know, in the vein of St. Benedict. And I think that one of the things that does prevent families from living by their own lights or living by what the Lord has shown them is comparison. Like people see that Mm -hmm. all their neighbors have their kids in sports. And so they better Mm -hmm. have their kids in sports or all their neighbors are going to this certain class and they better do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I love that you as a family have been confident enough to say, you know, what we value is creativity. And so we're going to leave margin in the schedule for that. And I think in the world, there are so many different ways to be successful. You know, I think it can be easy to say, oh my gosh, everybody has their kids in sports. That is the one way. Mm -hmm. But also many of these families, you know, the, the kids suffer an injury by the time they're in college and the sports career is over. Anyhow, what if you did do something that was more in line with your own family values? And if sports is your family value, awesome. That's amazing. But I think that the world does need a variety of kinds of people. And so knowing who you are and leading your family in paths that honor your own creativity and your own makeup is so important. And I love that you guys as a family have been confident enough to do that. Yeah. It's funny because that comparison, I mean, it still creeps in so palpably even into our rhythm sometimes. And I just felt this over the summer because everyone in our neighborhood does swim team. I don't know if this is a thing where you live, but where we live, I mean, it's like if you are a kid and you live in this neighborhood, you are on a swim team and swim team is every day. It's Monday through Friday. And then there are swim meets every Saturday that go for hours and hours and hours. And I mean, this was literally just a couple of months ago that I was wrestling through this because the more and more I was talking to friends and family and neighbors, you know, around here, I started almost having this weird little sense of FOMO, even though I don't, I didn't actually want my kids to be in swim team. I didn't want that type of commitment for us over the summer, but it did kind of feel like we were the only ones who had opted out of it. And I really wrestled through that at one point, just kind of working through that mental reframe, because I think for a while I had the script that I had in my head or the narrative that I had in my head was, wow, we are not giving our kids this special thing, this special experience that every other family we know is giving their kids, I felt like we had failed our children in some way or that we had failed to give them something that everyone else had. And it took some some real mental gymnastics over the summer for me to realize and flip that script on its head that while it's true we haven't given our kids swim team, What we did give our kids was hours and hours and hours and hours to build Legos. And that is a positive thing, right? Like my kids had a blast doing that over the summer. We had a slow 
intentional, easy, breezy, calm, relaxing summer at home. And my kids got to use their imaginations every day. They got to build and create and make something special. And I think so often when we're wrestling through that, you know, whether it's FOMO or comparison, when we're kind of just looking around at what everyone else is doing, it can be really healthy to take a step back and zoom out, you know, and kind of try to look at the bigger picture and consider if that narrative can actually be can actually be turned up on its head. Because once I sort of did the work of that internally and just in my mind, I realized like we didn't give our kids swim team, but we gave them something equally as good. It was just different, if that makes yeah. sense. That's so good. And I think that the world needs more people who are kind of aware of their internal world and who know how to be quiet and still and be alone with their thoughts. So much of my own creative ideas come when I'm quiet, whether it's on a walk or mm -hmm. sitting by a river. So many of the great ideas that come to me come in those quiet times. And I think that to some degree as a society, we're squelching creativity when we keep every moment of our children's lives so overly full. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So one of the things that I really highlight over the year in this podcast, and we'll be going over it again in the coming year, is rhythms and, like I said, a rule of life. Because if you look at the monastic, you know, the Benedictines, they were able to copy down scripture, grow beautiful gardens, or um, brew amazing fine wine or beer or whatever, because they had these rhythms of life where there was time for work and there was time for prayer and there was time for rest. Mm -hmm. How have rhythms in your own personal life helped you be more creative? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I have my own personal rhythms that have really blessed my creative efforts. I mean, one of those would just be my morning routine, which I've been fairly consistent with for a number of years now. I'm at this juncture, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m., although I did for a long time, but I still, even on days when I don't wake up that early, I still have the same rhythm in the morning of waking up really early and starting my morning with, you know, either scripture or devotional and then having some reading time and waking up slowly and then moving into morning pages and a little time of writing and doing all of that before I check my email, before I check social media, before I even make breakfast, I try to kind of give my, I'm a morning person internally, and I know that not everybody else is, but for me, my best energy comes in the morning, and I try really hard to harness that um, in a really, really steady rhythm. So that's one of the personal rhythms that works for me. I would also mention that I, do, I delete Instagram all the time. Um, I'm a pretty... I'm very consistent with my rhythms with social media and it's taken a lot of experimentation and maybe trial and error to land on what actually makes sense and what feels right and what feels good. But at this time, like I said, I delete social media more than 30 weeks out of the year, um, which is a lot. And But that's just what works for me. And that's been a really healthy rhythm to protect my own, um, to protect my own my heart and my mind and my soul, um, as well as my art. So those are a couple of the rhythms that work for me personally. And then one I will share on the family front. We have, I think for maybe about three years now, really been practicing a family Sabbath. And I was 
somewhat resistant to this practice in the very beginning. I'm an Enneagram three. I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram, but just I'm, I tend to lean workaholic on that spectrum. And so I, I am a person who has basically struggled with rest my entire life. And a few years ago, I really felt the Lord convicting me that this was an area that I, I needed to lean all the way into. And so, um, through a lot of just inner spiritual work and the Lord just kind of untangling my worth from my productivity and just having some moments of clarity around my identity. I've been able to finally kind of embrace a real true Sabbath rhythm and got my whole family on board with it. And so that's a family rhythm that we take pretty seriously at this at this time where every Sunday we kind of practice it from like sundown on Saturday to sundown on Sunday. And we have some little little traditions and little rhythms and rituals that are incorporated into that. But generally speaking, Sundays are kind of a protected day in our family for worship and rest and um, oftentimes like getting out in nature and just spending time outside. Wow. These ideas, these rhythms that you've built into your own life are so inspiring. I'm really excited for the Restoration Home community to listen and learn from you. And where can people find you online? What What are you most excited about sharing right now? Well, I'd say right now I'm the most excited about sharing Substack because I'm just not on Instagram very often. So um, yeah, I'm really enjoying Substack right now. That's where I practice um, long form writing and I have a lot of I have a lot of fun creating and putting my work in that space. So we'll link your Substack and we'll link Create Anyway and we'll link your Instagram because what the content you have on there is very encouraging. Oh, Thanks thank so much for joining us today, Ashley. I've been so inspired by this conversation and I know the community will be as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 